Good morning. Good morning. It's nice to be here, isn't it? Good it's a thrill, I think, to be found in the house of God again. I was listening to the news this week and that because of lockdown, there is less pollution about. Both pollution as regarding, um, you know, there's not so many cars about, so that type of pollution, and also light pollution. There's not so much light pollution, or there's nothing open, there's nothing going on, uh, the place is in darkness. And because of that, people have once again got out and started looking at the night sky and seeing uh, the, the wonderful things that goes on there. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to you, uh, Roger he spoke this morning, uh, he read from Psalm 8 this morning, and he, and he said there, um, When I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which you has ordained, what is man that thou were mindful of? Such beauty is out there that this psalmist compares it, you know, why are you interested in man when all that beauty out there? But I can, you know, and I suppose this article was saying, or this news item was saying that there are thousands of people now doing this, and I find that uh, quite nice, nice thing to know, that people are looking up and seeing these things, the things that have maybe disappeared because of uh, the way we live our lives in these days. But there's a, a greater event that attracts even more admiration than the sun do, or the moon, or the stars. You know, and they are great as they move along their courses. I, I'm amazed uh, most mornings when I see the sun. <laughs> it's because I live in the Ronda, I suppose, I don't know. <laughs> if I lived in Egypt, maybe I wouldn't be so keen to see it, so, or it wouldn't think me so much, but it's lovely when you get up in the morning and the sun is, is, is rising and everything it seems to be right with the world. But there is one more event, and that's the event I'd like to talk about this morning. The event that the saints before it look towards it. And the saints since it, that's the right way to say it, if the, word, the, the, the saints since it happened look back to it for the last 2,000 years or so, uh, they look back to it. And I can guarantee you this morning that there's, you know, there's nothing, not many things that we can be absolutely sure of in this, in this world, but I can guarantee you this morning that when we look at this event that took place, we are not doing it alone this morning. There's, I would say, countless millions of people looking at this very event that we are going to look at this morning. I say that because it's, it's an event that is going to be central, not just in time, but will be central in eternity. And those that have gone on before are now considering this event, because it is the, the main event in all of history. I like to read. I just had a, a funny thought, and I said, but then I, I don't know how long I've had this computer on uh, this morning before I come. I don't know if I got it plugged in, but uh, I'm hoping it's gonna it's gonna last. It, it, it never dawned on me about the battery. I'm gonna read uh, 
an account of this event that I would like to talk about this morning that took place six, seven hundred years before it actually happened. I know it's a, it's a favourite of a, a lot of people, it's a favourite of a lot of people in this, in this room tonight, in tonight. Isaiah chapter 53. It had been nice this morning to you, uh, the word of God, the red. You know, it is, it is really nice to you, God's word read. What believed our report? A doom of the Lord being revealed. We shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root of the dry ground. He has no form nor comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we did not and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we seemed him stricken, smitten of God, by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our tra- transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflic- afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the sword, and as a sheep before the shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who will declare his generation? But he was cut off from the land of the living, for the transgressions of my people he was stricken, and he made his grave with the wicked. I got a note there from a, a sermon of New Tennessee's, and he made his grave. Amen. <laughs> with, with the wicked. <laughs> See, I saw good computers are. And a little flag that came up, so I pressed on it. But with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you shall make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labour of his soul and be satisfied. By his, not, by his knowledge my righteous servant shall justify many, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with transgressors, and he bore the sin, sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. It was like if Isaiah had a sort of front row seat when uh, he read, he wrote, he, wrote, he wrote those words. And what I would just like to look at um, that verse 10 of, of that thing, of that, I think, that, that uh, chapter, yet it pleased the Lord to bring him. He had put him to grief, when, when thou shalt make a soul an offering for sin, he shall see a seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. You know, first of all, I'd like to look at the fact that it, it says there that it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Now, what was the cause of Christ's death? It pleased the Lord to bruise him, yet put him to grief. Now, if you read Christ's life as a, a mere historic event, you would trace the death of Christ, I suppose, to the hatred of the Jews. You know, it's fair to say that he uh, ruffled their feathers a little bit. You could 
bring Judas into the mix, the one that betrayed him. You can bring the Roman governor in uh, into it, and the Romans, you know, for the crime. And if you read it as an historical event, it was a crime. What, what went on Calvary? You know, he had done no wrong whatsoever. In fact, as we have heard sang today, and as we have heard prayed, he was a good man. He was good. Come and taste and see that the Lord is good. He was good. He was a very good man. Went about doing good. He's got a lot of goods there. You know, his, enemy, his enemies testified of his integrity. You know, never man spake like, like this man. You know, they came... They came to arrest him, but that's what he—that's what they came back and said. Nobody, nobody speaks like this guy, this man. Uh, I don't want to say guy then, <laughs> <laughs> but that's not me. That's that's people calling me guy. That's what that's what uh, people call me guy. You know, they meet me and Sandra walk, and they go, right, guys, and I go, I'm old enough to be father. I'm a guy. <laughs> I said, that's where I come from. Uh, you know, he couldn't be bribed. He couldn't be pressured or threatened or intimidated. Now he healed the sick, he raised the dead, he caused the blind to see, he made the lame to walk, he preached the good news to the poor, and the common people heard him gladly. You know, since the, the 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 man that was put to death, you know, and I suppose we must lay the death is death on on manner. This very race that we belong to, you know, killed the Lord, you know, and nailed its very saviour to the tree. You know, the Bible, you know, don't deny that, don't deny the responsibility of those who put Jesus' death. You know, uh, Peter says in Acts, this Jesus, he says, you crucified and uh, killed by the hands of lawless men. So it's, you know, it's proper, I suppose, perfectly proper for us to say that Jesus was murdered by his enemies. You know, his blood is on their hands. But if you read the Bible with the, with an eye of faith and keen to discover its, uh, its hidden secrets, and I got them here, and in this case, not so hidden, really. Because when we read the scripture, we see that, uh, we see it all unfolding there. You see, there's something more in Christ's death than Roman cruelty. There's something more in Christ's death than Jewish spite. You know, you'd see the decree of God or the plan of God being fulfilled by men. And you trace the crucifixion of Christ not to the Romans or to the Jews, but to the, the very centre of deity and again we'd have to agree with Peter when he says this him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God you were taken and by wicked hands have crucified him now and that's why the prophet says it pleased the Lord to bruise him no he overlooks Pilate and he overlooks Herod he didn't say it pleased Herod to bruise him or it, it, blew, it, it pleased Pilate to bruise him. He said it pleased the Lord to bruise him. You know, and it traces it to the Heavenly Father. 
the first person in the, in the divine trinity. It pleased the Lord to bruise him, yet put him to grief. You know, there are many people that think that God is a unloving uh, being, who has no love for the human race, and uh, could only be made loving by the death and agonies of our Saviour. But somebody said this, look, that Jesus Christ did not die to make God loving. Excuse <coughs> me. But Christ died because God was love. Christ was sent into the world by his Father as the consequence of the Father's affection for his people. You know, I think this is a verse I get in most of my sermons. Uh, yes, he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the cause of Christ. It, it's God. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. And then that verse goes on to say, Thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. You know, God longed to save. God is love. The Bible tells us uh, in that verse I just read, For God so loved the world. But justice tied his arms. If that's possible, to tie the hands of God. Uh, you know, God could say, that's my nature. You know, that's fixed in rock. The truth that I must be just. But then he says, my heart desires to forgive people. To forget their past. Forget their wrongdoing and pardon them. You know, how can this be done? You know, what is the, how is, what is the answer for this? You know, and we know to me this morning that the answer is Jesus Christ. The Son of God. Remember last time I spoke, I, uh, I introduced you to a new word? Anybody know what I remember what it was? Huh? It was a, it was a Hebrew word, wasn't it? Hebrew word? La Hitchlahem. La Hitchlahem. Living, he loved me. And I'd like to bring another new word to you this morning. And this one is the Hitchlahem. <laughs> Dying, he saved me. Dying, he saved me. But how did he do that? By taking my place as a, a substitute. Now I got the word football by you. I love football. Especially when it's played properly. I think it's the greatest game in the world. And for you substitutes. And normally, you there'd be... If the game will be going, it won't be going as the manager wants, so he's going to substitute people. So he brings people off, and they come off, and they're growling. Their faces are fixed on something up there. They're not going to look at the manager. They take out the water bottles with their feet, and they pass. Someone, someone will pass them a jacket to keep them warm, and they'll throw it on the bed. They are totally annoyed that they've been substituted. But we can rejoice this morning because he took our place. Amen. Amen. It wasn't going too well so he thought he'd make a few changes and he said somebody to take our place. No, we couldn't do it. We, we were failing, we were losing. We can arm it in fact. God said, 
no discretion one said I need to make a few changes and he sent his son mm-hmm. and he took a place you know I think the doctrine of uh, substitution of sacrifice of 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 the substitution sorry uh, of or substitutionary sacrifice is central I think to the gospel of salvation now, tell us when he prayed earlier on he mentioned the few things that Christ that is for us you know when he didn't mention superstition he didn't mention he mentioned substitution he mentioned all the other things but I, I believe firmly this morning that all them other things all them other things come because of substitution. You know, uh, he, he did a lot of things to us as, as tenants prayed and as I got, I got two little examples, you know, he's our rep, our representative, you know, what a wonderful representative to have. You know, he's there now representing us. All that he is, we are, because he's representing us, led in glory. You know, and he's our, rep, representative, our, our rep. He's our rep on Sila. You know, we were a million miles away from God, but now He's reconciled us back to God, and we are, you know, we are comfortable this morning in the very presence of God. Because why? Because He reconciled us back to Himself. You know, He has torn the veil in two, and we are we can come into the holy of holies because He has uh, made that way possible for us. But I believe that all these stem from the fact that He became our substitute. You know, being so central, it means that um, it's, you know, um, very offensive to natural man. Many claim him as a great martyr or a, or a great teacher, but deny either his deity or his humanity, and certainly deny the sort of universal value of his shed blood, you know, in a, in a substitute way, in a substitute sacrifice for the sins of the world. How could God do that? You know, it's not just people outside the church, people in the church can't handle this substitutionary death of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. But nevertheless, he did bear the sins of the many, the Bible says. And he did completely settle our account with God. You know, and as that old guy on Facebook keeps on rattling on about he did it once and for all. He's the once and for all sacrifice. You know, the doctrine of substitution you know, can be seen in the... I remember quite a number of years ago, I think Matthew was here then, and he gave us all um, words to speak on. And I was given the word substitution, as it happened. And I think we speak, it was on a, for the Sunday night. And when I, when I thought about it, the story of Barabbas came to mind. You know, we, uh, he's a, a typical uh, story that we can look at and to see how this substitutionary sacrifice works. Mm-hmm. You know, he was, he was found guilty by the Roman court and yet another took his place. You know, another took his cross. Mm-hmm. You know, he was sentenced to death upon the cross upon the cross up there at Calvary and yet someone came along and took his place literally took his place 
what when we realize what Jesus went through, he should have been going through it. When we, we consider, you know, uh, the, the pain and the agony of, of the crucifixion itself, he should have been going through that. And yet, another took his place. You know, and this is true not just of Barabbas, but it's true of you, Amen. and it's true Amen. of me. Mm-hmm. That Jesus took our place mm-hmm. there Amen. upon the cross Amen. of Calvary. Jesus Christ has taken the sin of humanity mm. on himself uh, so that he can impute his righteousness to the believers. Uh, Romans 3 verse 26 says, uh, To declare, I say, at this time is righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Now, there's this huge dilemma that God had. One minute he's, ju- he's just, and he must punish sin. Now what is the answer? And I thank God this morning that Jesus became the answer Amen. for each and every one of us. Mm. Now this is done because Christ paid for our sins and satisfied the demands of God's holy law. You know, and the result of uh, substitution is salvation. Mm. Dying, he saved me. The debt has been paid, justice is satisfied, and righteousness is established. Mm-hmm. Now the word for means in the Bible it means for means in behalf, on behalf of. And I found this, this list, so I'd like to, to read to you. Um, I suppose maybe you'd have to read them all to get the full uh, thing of the of the things, but it's just the, the, the word for John six fifty one says, which will I give for the life of the world, for the life, which I will give for the life of the world. John ten eleven says, the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Galatians three thirteen says, he was made a curse for us. 1 Corinthians 15 says Christ died for our sins. 2 Corinthians 5 says made him to be sin for us. 1 Timothy 2 6 says who gave himself a ransom for us. Uh, Matthew 20 28 says he gave his life a ransom for many. And Luke 22 19 says this is my, this is my body which is given for you, mm-hmm. you know the, the 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 chapter I read when we started it. You says says this. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the sword, and the sheep before the shear is silent. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. He will declare his generation for he was cut off from the land of the living, for the transgression of the people he was stricken, and they were made and his grave with the wicked, but with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. He had to please the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. I think I missed a bit, didn't I? I missed a bit I wanted. Oh, this is a bit I wanted for him. The man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we had as we were facing from him, and he was despised, and we did esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs. Mm-hmm. He has carried our sorrows. 
you seen them stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we have gone and sheep my turn in the zone, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. It's so important. I believe substitution is, is, is to me, it is the central theme of Calvary. That Christ died in my room and in my stead. Living, he loved me. Great. Dying, he saved, he saved me. Mm-hmm. And one last thing this morning, what effects do this have for us? And I think that the first effect of the Saviour's death is he shall see his seed. As the verse says, you know, men shall be saved mm-hmm. by Christ. You know, we have offspring, I have offspring. I was going to say none of them here, but there's, there's one, I go with you. I said, I was thinking of my two boys, whatever I thought, I thought I'd adore them. <laughs> I love them much. We see it because we live. Christ sees his offspring because he died. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, men die and leave their children. And, they, and you know, they don't see their, their seeds. But Christ lives. As we heard last week, he's alive now. Amen. And he's alive forevermore. And he, mm-hmm. see, and he sees it every day. He's seeing people brought into this amazing kingdom of his. You know, this is what substitutionary sacrifice did. For, you know, it has saved millions of people from every walk of life. Remember the Ronda Pentecostal choir? They shall come from the east. They shall come from the west. Do they say they come from the south? <laughs> I suppose they do, do they? They come there, it's alright, the Vikings and all that, and north, up north, they can come, and the, down the south, and the south, and they come into this wonderful union with our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. You know, the second effect is this, that he should prolong his days. When he died, he did not end his life. He could no longer be held a prisoner in the tomb. The third morning came, and the conqueror rising from his sleep, mm-hmm. burst the iron bonds of death, and came forth from his tomb. No more to die. No, he led captive the captive. And ascended up on high. Knowing that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God no more to die. And now by his father's side he sits, there triumphantly reigning. He is conquered over, he is conquered death, hell, and the grave. Lastly, this, this morning, Christ's death affected the Father's good pleasure. Mm-hmm. Now, God's good pleasure is that this world shall one day be totally redeemed mm-hmm. from sin. This is the God that doesn't love anybody, my mm-hmm. people. God's good pleasure is that you know, this poor planet of ours, that has so long been draped in darkness, shall soon shine out in brightness. You know, when Christ's death, I've done that. You know, the stream that flowed 
from his side on Calvary shall cleanse the world one day from its, its blackness and what a day that will be Christ shall be honoured King of Kings and Lord of Lords uh, when from land to land and from, end, from the ends of the earth one king shall reign one shout shall be raised hallelujah the Lord God omnipotent reigneth I just thank God this morning that living he loved me but dying he saved me not for time but for eternity for his name's sake Amen.